Yo, what up? It's your man, Jay White, first name, last name. Wealth Wednesdays after party with your dog, Jay White. If you look to my left, probably your right, you're going to see some vets and some moguls in the game right now. I got the mogul, Mr. Dame Dash. How you feeling, sir? I'm good. I was a mogul 10 years ago. Still a mogul. I'm a tycoon, tycoon now. Okay, my bad, my bad. Tycoon. Yeah. I got Mr. DJ Money Coach. How you feeling, sir? Man, I feel great. Enjoying the pom-pom lifestyle. Plenty of money, peace of mind. My man thought I had a boat. He spoke it into existence, so I'm going to get a boat after this interview. You hear me? Then, last but not least, Miss Claudia, how you feeling? I am feeling amazing. Amazing? Amazing. Can you uh, say, what's all your other titles that I didn't name? Well, Claudia DeRoby, the Marketplace Manifester. Okay. And I'm the CEO and founder of Diverse City Atlanta, yeah. as well as a principal for Diverse City Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it going. So we up here, we at Rice University. Can you speak to, real quick, Miss Claudia, what we doing here? Oh, man. We are experiencing a very, very amazing historical event. Um, Rice University is doing an oral history interview with an icon and we're celebrating 50 years of the business of hip hop because we're in Texas. Okay. You know, in Texas, what they say? I did grow up in Fort Worth. What'd they say though? We do everything big and we're about <laughs> our business. So instead of just celebrating hip hop, we celebrate the business of hip hop and the yeah. impact that has had on the black community. We ask the question, is hip hop the launching pad for economics in the black community? Okay. Undeniably. Yes. Okay. And right. that's why we came up with this event and tagged it. We tagged the event along with the Go Entrepreneur experience because it was timely based on the economic waves that are coming. Yeah. And so here we are. So let me start this one question off by talking to the tycoon, Mr. Dame Dash himself. You feel me? So when we talk about hip hop, we talk about entrepreneurship. How have you been able to marry those things together for so long? I mean, hip hop is the language that we use to talk about our actual experience and that authentic experience is what becomes uh, monetized at a pop level. Yeah. So everything that I've done and every dollar that I've made has revolved around hip hop. And my perspective is hip hop because hip hop, again, is just the articulation of the things that are in your life and what you're doing to survive in survival mode. So I would always look at uh, hip-hop and uh, anyone that's gotten money from hip-hop. Yeah. You know, if you can't give that credit to our success and breaking us from one social class to another, then, you know, you're just blind. But hip-hop has also turned into a voice for politics and mm -hmm. education and almost every other thing because whoever grew up on hip-hop, it has affected them. Yeah. And that's the way they communicate. So it's very rare that you're going to meet an educator, a politician, anyone doing anything important that's from our culture that hasn't been, you know, a part of hip hop. Everyone I know used to be a rapper. Mm -hmm. Every, every time I meet a congressman or a senator, they've always had a record. Yeah. The record that I made, the black guns, the only, uh, the only, uh, guest that I have on it is, uh, Senator now mayor Eddie Milton from Gary. That's crazy. Yeah. So hip hop is everyone's voice and um, everyone's way of articulating. And people that aren't from hip hop exploit it because they don't understand it. Yes. So <clears throat> what, what I find as a um, a creative that sometimes has to be an administrator or work with corporate is that corporate people generally are not creative. 
So mm-hmm. they don't understand the problems of a creative, how a creative feels, the psychology of a creative, what hurts a creative. Yeah. They just want to exploit a creative. They only yeah. look at a creative as a dollar. And that's why creatives end up sort of um, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And the reason why is because, you know, a creative has an idea. The reason why an original creative has an idea, that's the way they communicate. They want to um, communicate their idea freely. Yeah. And it takes money sometimes to communicate that idea, but a creative usually doesn't have the money because of what they're worried about. They right. worry about creating. So to get the money to actually make your creativity come to fruition, you got to go and deal with someone that's not creative. Mm-hmm. And then it's not your dream anymore. Yeah. It's their dream and they're monetizing you and they're making you worry about what they want you to worry about. And then you become upset because it's no longer your dream and it became a nightmare. Yeah. And, and I've watched that happen to, Almost every artist that I haven't, anyone that I've empowered, I put them in control. Yeah. The ones that I tried to empower and then went and went someplace else, miserable. Yeah. So let me let me stay on that. And DJ, you can jump in on this too. So as a creative, as you said, they got to go get the money and then it's not their idea anymore. Is that one of the struggles that these individuals don't know and then got to find out on their own? That is the struggle. Mm. Okay. Well, also being in survival mode. So if you can't breathe and you need some oxygen and you're underwater, somebody's going to throw you a little bag of, of, of air. You're going to take it. Yeah, for sure. Even if the whole world of air is free, when you're underwater, you'll take any little bag and thank that person that gave you that air. Because you're in survival so, mode. So what happens, uh, which is problematic, is this the cycle of us as a culture being in survival mode, always being in that 99 cent, which is the reason why we're always fighting each other because we think that we have to protect the 1% to get to the 1% mm. as opposed to having the 99% stick together and take over the 1%. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's always the, been, been the problem. And that's always been the problem I've had with non-creatives, which is why y'all be like, yo, why is he always flipping on people? You've never seen me flip on a creative. Mm-hmm. You've only seen me flip on someone that's exploiting a creative, like a Lee or a Cohen, you know, yep. or a Joey. I, yep. You know what I mean? Or yep. one of those kind of, or Vlad. Like, you know, I punish those that punish yeah. my culture because I take it personal. They can't do nothing to me. Yeah. At least not in my face. Yeah, yeah. They usually run behind and do some old snarky bullshit nerd shit. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But, oh, we in college. I'm sorry. No, we good. But, you know. Rice University because. Well, think about it. Hip hop has a, a man with a GED teaching at Rice University, which is like, Damn near Ivy League, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I was the person that was most likely not to go to college, and I didn't. Most <laughs> likely to get kicked out of school, and I did. Yeah. Most likely to go get his GED because I thought the teachers weren't smarter than me. So I did. I didn't understand how you're going to tell me what to do, and I made more money than you at 15. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm like, sir. how brilliant are you? And why would you be teaching me? Anything you teaching me that's going to get you what you got, I don't want it. I don't need it. And I used to get kicked <laughs> out of school for parking in the principal's, no disrespect, principal. <laughs> and also, what also is crazy is Dennis McKeezy is the head of the OSG. And the OSG is about it's hundreds of principals from all over the country, um, from predominantly economically challenged areas. Mm. So the reason why I say economically challenged, because if I say black, then it puts everyone in a box. They know what we're going to say. So you got to change your language a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. So economically challenged just means anybody, mm-hmm. right? But a lot of time it's us. Yeah. And what has happened is um, I first got on a meeting with them and I was tight because I hate the way education and me knowing the root of education, the fact that it came from Thomas Jefferson and it was meant to make a black man know how to listen to a white man and a white man know how to tell a black man what to do. And we still deal with that curriculum to this day. Yeah. So I got on, but 
I was talking to them. They were like, yo, it ain't our fault. This is what this is about. We trying to get, do things off school grounds. So they came together and they talk about things and they do things. And, you know, we started to do an entrepreneurial class, which I taught for about two years straight. So I could teach the principals how to be entrepreneurs so they could teach the teachers to teach the kids how to be entrepreneurs. It was big to teach them how to dream because the principals didn't know how to dream. Correct. So if you ask a principal what their dream is, it's going to be for world peace for everyone, but they're never going to have a selfish dream. Yeah. They're programmed not to think about themselves, to be selfless and not get any credit for it. Yeah. So I like, I'm going to leverage my celebrity. I'm going to make sure that everyone knows the superheroes that y'all working with. No one's, Looking and most principals are so scared of the board of education that they are are are, are in fear. Mm-hmm. They, so they were like, "Yo, I can't." They tell me what to teach. I got to teach. I got to do it. How they but say? What happens is they all get a budget between twelve and seven million, seven for the for the for the uh, poorer places, yep. twelve with, and they get to distribute and hire who they need to hire. Yeah. So we have opportunity to fix things, but we don't have nothing like we have problems and we have somewhat. Um, like we have, uh, uh, we know what's wrong, but we don't go and fix it. Yeah. So for me, it's like, let me go make my own education. Let me talk directly to the principals. Let me go right into a school. That's and as a result, we're able to go into a place of higher learning and teach people as if we are professors because we are street professors, mm-hmm. you know? And yes, it's about being, uh, fixing your economic position. Yeah. Pause. Yeah. It, it, it's about economic empowerment. So. If this education is teaching you to have a job, to have debt, to work it off, and not have enough money to change a cycle for your children, yep. and you can only relax when you're 60 or 70, yep. to me, that's a programming of making you kind of just give your life away so someone else can control it. Mm-hmm. And then they give you a dream that's not yours and put it in your brain. You think, if I don't go to college, then I have I have it. Because I got kids in college. Yeah. But I'm Same. like, which, but I still got, when they come out of college, I'm still got, I still got to pay for shit. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I know so many people that go to college and come back with just debt without a job. Yes, sir. Like my nanny graduated from college. Yep. I, I know you didn't go to college to, 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 to do this. To right. Correct. Yeah. But I got to pay off my bills. Yeah. What bill? You just came out the school bill. <laughs> so how could you work on your dreams and you're paying off a bill that's supposed to have taught you to go get your dreams? Correct. But then the people teaching you don't have dreams. Yep. So then how can they teach you to dream? So yep. we made a book about dreaming. Um, my girl Raquel, and we go and we start teaching these kids young. Mm-hmm. And my whole point to that was we did it through hip hop. Yeah. Dennis McKeezy said, you have to listen to the voice and the influence of hip hop. Mm-hmm. Why would you have someone teach people that that person doesn't inspire the person that they're teaching. Yeah. So you have to find a way to teach people in the voice that they like. And hip hop is the voice that people understand. So that is the way that you can now teach, pass laws and do so many different things. But of course, when it becomes like something that works, they'll take the credit for of course. it or they'll try to act like they're going to give a date when it was born yeah, when and all that other stuff. Yep. And that's not what this is. Yep. Again, most things that are done came from us back in Africa, but they don't say it existed till it's recognized by another culture. Correct. But we started everything and we should be the ones that say when things started and end. That but again, it's not them that dictates that. It's us. They don't tell us when we have our holidays. They shouldn't tell us what religion. They shouldn't be able to tell us our history. Yeah. We should yeah. be able to know our real history, but well, they telling you. us what's going to control us. But I haven't been taught anything that showed us beating nobody up. Yeah. We always get a history lesson about us getting beaten up. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the strength or any visual of us being powerful in school. Yeah. So yeah. we have to do school. DJ, step school. in on that. Step in on that. Why is that? Why are they, are, you know are they not showing us to be powerful? Why not? Well, I mean, 
first and <laughs> foremost is because they're inferior and they project you to be inferior. So as you look at media, every time you turn on media, what do you see? If there's something being invented, something greatness, what face is on it? Yeah. It's always a non-melanated person's face. Okay. So if you have been indoctrinated from the womb in a system that you didn't create, you can never be the master of it. Or at least you won't think you are. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There you go. Mm -hmm. So in essence, just like Dame said, we are the number one creators on the planet. And the first thing you have to do is have your morals, your ethics and principles taught to your children from you. I agree. I've mm -hmm. never put my child in a day prison. An elementary school. <laughs> I raised my children with my or, my morals, my ethics and principles, taught them business. I taught them science, engineering, math, and taught them from my perspective. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to be free. Okay. And first thing first, don't get into debt. Right now, even though we're in a higher learning institution, I only think college is good for becoming an engineer, becoming a doctor, mm -hmm. and a lawyer because those require crafts and skill sets that you can't normally learn on YouTube yeah. and IG, yeah. but everything else, finance, creativity, art, you can all learn it from here, from leaders like Dame and leaders like Claudia. Mm -hmm. You have to have equity and ownership in everything you do. You can't be a second rate somebody. You have to be a first rate you. Okay. The dream is given to you by God. If you have enthusiasm, which means God within with a goal and a plan, everything's accomplishable. Okay. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. And it all comes from the motherland. Okay. Pure and simple. Okay. Them strong views. I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of truth to everything, but you know, there's a lot of pushback to what both of y'all are saying. Not from me, just from the, to, well, the individuals that that control. There that, you go. That, that, that think they working. control. Right. But if you're free, what is the pushback? But it's a mindset. And also you want the pushback because I need to make an example of somebody. I need them to know not to be scared of those that are pretending they're stronger than they are, like a Leo Cohen. Mm. You know, that's why I make examples of those kinds of people that I know are bluffing. The only way to make a strong person think he's weak is to convince them mentally. Exactly. Just yeah. to trick them. Yeah. You know, exactly. So think about this. You're a strong cat, right? Yes, sir. You're a smart cat. I am. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how much money you get for an ad or how much money's being made before you get paid? I don't. And we're supposed to be bright. Yeah. We don't even know how much they're getting. Yeah. We're just taking what they give us. We're yeah. already programmed. And who's that YouTube? Leo Cohen. Yeah. Now, I can guarantee you that you're not getting more than 1% of a dollar. I agree. So why are we doing it? Yeah. Because they just saying it. You got to do it. They why? say do it this way. Well, that's that's why I did it the America new way. Yeah. So what I did was I went and got right to the ads myself. Mm. I don't have to go through nobody to get ads. We started our own network. Yeah. But even the point is, even through teaching intelligence we still getting paid dumb yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. right that's like, yeah. dipping backwards dipping backwards yeah. like that's i'm gonna teach is. you how to be smart but i'm getting robbed <laughs> but i'm gonna right do it the other way i'm gonna get robbed and then you and no one even thinks about it yeah no I, I don't ever hear anybody saying i wonder how much youtube gets for an ad and how much we get we just take what we get yeah why is it that it takes 10 a, a million hits to make five grand to make, yeah sir because but i bet you up that million hits somebody made uh, at least a hundred grand yeah but why are we not wondering that? So that was the reason why I could never do what's told to me first, because I know what's told to us first is always meant to control us. They make us think we got a lot when we got a little, mm. just because we're used to being in survival mode. So, yeah, if you wasn't making too much money before and all of a sudden you're making 50 grand a month, you don't care that somebody else is making five grand. You're just like, I got that 50. Because you cool with that 50. I'm not cool with that 50. 
But yeah. you know what? People are intelligent and they do ask those questions. I'm around a lot of intelligent people. They ask the questions, oh, how much are they making? But because they do, most intelligent people work for somebody else, they can't afford to enforce the questions. Well, how intelligent is that? But what, what I'm saying is if somebody asks you, if you want to ask how much you're getting paid and someone mm-hmm. doesn't tell you, you're not supposed to work. Exactly. That's it. I boycott. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that exactly. is not intelligent for somebody for me as a to be a strong man saying that I'm an independent entrepreneur mm-hmm. on YouTube and then oh, how much does YouTube get and how much do you get? I don't know. Exactly. That doesn't sound bright. So you was talking about the mindset of it all. Yes. So go ahead on and keep with that idea. Well, the thing about it is, is that people do what they do because they believe what they believe. Speaking to about, about what we were just saying, if I believe that I will lose all of my advertisers, not me, but someone, if they believe that they will lose their job or lose uh, that's connectivity, fear. That's fear. Right. it is fear. So that's why we're controlled by fear. That's why you can have none. But fear is a mindset. No, fear is no, a choice. It is a choice. It, I, I have no fear. I'm conscious. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going to walk into traffic. But I'm not scared of traffic. Exactly. I know what not to do, but I'm not scared of a car. So I'm not scared of any man if I'm doing things fairly. Right. I have the right to be a man. Mm-hmm. I have a right to be an adult. Absolutely. I have a right to question things that don't make sense to me if I'm the one doing the work. It is no fear there. I'm not. That's called being soft. I'm not soft. soft. <laughs> and, and that's the reason why sometimes people don't like the way I speak. Cause I'm like, yo, I'm not talking to you soft. That's mm-hmm. what got you there in the first well, you place. In the first yeah. place. Exactly. So the thing about giving the hug without giving the education is you're enabling that person. You're yeah. hurting a person by giving them a kiss and a hug and not telling them how to survive. Mm-hmm. Being nice is the most manipulative thing <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Love is manipulated so much. Oh, Think about the person that's hugging you and stabbing you in the back at the, that's the only people that have ever hurt me are the ones that I got, like, get close to me. Love is the Trojan horse. Yeah, there you go. So you gotta watch that. There you go. What you thinking? What you thinking? That's a great point. What you thinking? Because the people that, the people that are the closest to you are the only people that can envy you. No, they're the people, no, no, no. Hate comes from over there, right? They're the people that you won't hurt. Hold on, let me say, let me say this real quick. No, you could. Because it's happened to me. Hate comes from over there. If they hating from afar, they don't even matter. I can't even see them anyway. But if you right close to me, you got the you got the ability to be close to me, to envy me, to now take what I got and stab me in the back. But this is the Trojan horse of it all. I'm your best friend. Yeah. I my I'm your wife. Pause. You know? Like these are the people that have hurt me. My every my closest people, because the thing is. Damn, I know your your moms, I know your your sons, I know your kids. We we share kids. I can't do a damn thing to you. Yeah. And I got I have nothing to do but blindly trust you. Yeah. And you take advantage of that and that's not a tough thing, it's a cowardly thing. To use love to hurt suck. That's the, the most suckerish shit I ever I saw. I agree. But that's what most people do. The people you help the most are some the people that are laughing at your jokes the hardest, those are the ones that hate you the most. Yeah. Those are the ones that are like, yo, I'll do this, do that. They don't you think they'd rather do this? Do they, they'd rather a man never wants to be en- enabled or, or or given something. They want to earn it. Yeah, you know our job is a to be competitive. Man. That's testosterone. Mm-hmm. It's a natural thing. That's why I don't have them around me. Because mm-hmm. of course you're supposed to want to be the alpha. You're supposed to want to be the leader of the pack. Yeah, your, your best friend is is learning everything and about about you, your strength, your jokes. How you get girls, mm-hmm. and when you're not there, they're using they everything you taught them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Ask Jay Z. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can see that, and and it happens every time. Yeah. 
So the people that really are acting like they, they know the most about you, but they can't achieve what you're doing, mm -hmm. they want the credit for what you do. That's the key. Check this they out. But that's it's human, it's, it's human nature. Yeah, you know, it's a, out, I don't man. even take it personal. Check this out. Yeah. It goes down to one word. What's that? Confidence. Yes. Okay. Confidence. Okay. See, if you have confidence, it overcomes talent. It overcomes skill. Yeah. I always tell people that I work with that, give me your confidence. And you can master the world. And what Dame is talking about, the people to get in your inner circle, mm -hmm. they see you free to be yourself and they lack that confidence. They don't like the intelligence. They don't like the skill. They lack the supreme confidence mm, okay. and they want to have that. So they duplicate versus emulating the principles okay. of what confidence is. Okay, you know, they, they call people con men because they is. have confidence and they lure you in and then they scam you. But a real person that's with integrity and real love to help people, they show them the principles of success, yeah. which God is no respect of persons. Absolutely. And then if you adhere to those principles and work it, guess what happens to your confidence? It goes through the roof. Sky high. Well, Number it, one asset. Yeah. If, if, if you see yourself as fly, everyone sees you as fly. For sure. Exactly. If you see yourself as a bump, everybody sees you as exactly. a bump. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand the visual that you see is the reality. And that's the problem is people don't dream. So back to what he was saying and what we are saying, if you also have people around you that don't have a dream, all they're going to do is distract you. Yep. All they're going to do is try to talk you out of making your dream come true because now they know you're going to be their boss. Mm -hmm. You have to only, for me, when I'm in dream mode, I can only have people around me that are fighting for a dream as well, or else what do we have to talk about? Yeah. Other than distracting me from fight. And again, no vacations, no weekends, no nothing till my dreams come true. I have no entitlement for rest until I've achieved and realized the things that I want and the things I want are for my family. Yeah. So if you're dreaming for you to survive, you've already done that. You breathe it. Mm -hmm. You can live. You'll be okay. The dream is so your kids, kids, kids don't have to work. Yeah. And the only way to do that is to make some sort of generational wealth, something that makes enough money so that people can't afford not to be so smart or be so strong. Uh, I appreciate that statement because we talk about generational wealth so much, but we don't talk about it in a way that obtainable. Yeah. They talk about it as like as a as a fairy tale and it's like way off into the weeds. And I don't I don't like how people bring in the topic of generational wealth, but to what the conference is about, can you speak on some of the other topics? That the conference was brewed out of COVID. Um, we wanted to do a Go Entrepreneur conference, just a Go Entrepreneur experience, because I noticed that the economy was failing. I've met so many entrepreneurs who started post-COVID. Okay. These are professional people, educated. They left corporate America. And I'm watching them eat. Every, we have all these new millionaires, all these new businesses. No shade, no <laughs> shade. Yeah. But, but what happens <laughs> is now that the money is dried up, now that the, co the PPP money is dried up, yeah. now that the unemployment is dried up and the EIDL money is dried up, it's not that the business owners are not professional and can't handle their, their business. Okay. It's that the customer no longer has money. So there are people who will drown in this new economic wave that's coming. They mm -hmm. are going to drown. And we wanted to provide something that says, go entrepreneur. We're going to give you the blueprint, the blueprint of how to survive the ebbs and flows. So we thought about it. Who better? 
who better that that can teach to this blueprint than Damon Dash? And I'm okay. being real. Okay. This is not a, a sale. Yeah, yeah. Who had uber success and then the media perceived him to lose success and then he grew back to uber success. Mm. That's that's real. Someone else said he was the king of entrepreneurs. So we wanted to bring people like DJ the Money Coach and mm. all the other panelists that Marcus Bowers, Jacqueline Bouchon. We've got Benicia Poole Watson will be in the field. You know, Steve <laughs> Rogers, we had an amazing time last night. So we wanted to bring people who have been in business for a little longer than three years. Yeah, for you sure. Know, who have survived. Who sees all of us. We are seasoned entrepreneurs. I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been an entrepreneur since I was nine years old. Okay. I've not worked for anyone in 25 years. Oh, wow. And so we want people who understand how to ride this wave. And what do you do when your customer no longer has money? You get a new customer. And how do you do that? We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. I think you should speak to it because I think it's important that people know that find a new customer. There's government contracting. Yeah. You can do business with corporations. How do you do that, though? How do we help you pivot in this season? Because you will drown. Well, while we wrapping up, let me throw that to Dane. Okay. How, how do let we me, do let that? Let add something real quick. Go ahead. Yes, sir. Just like Claudia said, just like with Dane, how do... Fortune 500 companies stay Fortune 500 companies. Mm -hmm. You know how? Because it's called the hedgehog concept. Number one, it's like a three-legged stool. You have to have a skill that you can make money. You have to have a demographic market okay. that you can tap into. So there's a book called Blue Oceans. So in the saturated market in music and film, you have to find a niche that nobody's paying attention to, which is what Dame is doing with American New. He's creating his own broadcast mm -hmm. system when there's multitude, but he has a demographic that nobody has. So he doesn't need support from people that don't look like him. And I got the ads. And he's got the yeah, ads. So check this out. So check this out. So he has a skill. He has a niche and what appears to be a saturated market. But his niche has a vertical integration that they can't comprehend. And then the third part, which is most important, it's called an economic bus, the ability to put people in front of you to show what your excellence is to service them. So the people who are not benefiting and losing in the post pandemic, they didn't have the proper hedgehog concept. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, like a Fortune 500 company, they didn't have silos and departments because they were really solopreneurs and they didn't understand real mm -hmm. business. Yeah. So yeah. what we're going to bring them in mm -hmm. this conference, we're going to bring them access and execution mm -hmm. and what they lack. We're going to show them seven spheres of a system. You need to have an accounting department, a legal department, a real estate department, a mortgage bank department. Does that make sense? Makes sense. That's where it is. And then you can pivot just like Dame has done over 30 years, mm -hmm. just like Claudia has done. Mm -hmm. And just like I have, mm -hmm. that's the equalizer. And nobody's going to get that. But here, at the Go Entrepreneur Tour. So I turn it back I like over it. to you. I like it. No, 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 no. I'm going to turn it back well, to Dan so he can answer the same question real quick. Because, so, I ain't going to say because, I'm letting him go. <laughs> so, um, a business, regardless, is supposed to grow 10% every year. That's what you do when you make a plan based on what you did the year before in corporate business. Yes, sir. And let me explain... Most people that aren't entrepreneurs don't understand that the beginning of any business is loss. You lose, 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 and, and, and then you gain. Corporately, what happens is you get a big pocket and you can lose a hundred million 
And then after that, if you don't re-up, then you're going to sell. So that would mean that when you start a new business, sometimes you have to divest, meaning you have to take the money out that you invested in something else and you haven't made the money mm-hmm. to even re-up to go into another business because you know that business is better. You might lose all of your customers at first because they're used to you selling them music. Yep. But then you go through a, 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 a period. You might lose and drop 50%. But if you're in business, you know this, you don't panic. Mm-hmm. But most people do. They call that recession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you understand what yes, I'm saying? Sir. That moment they're not making money, they're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know. And then you have something brand new. And then you get a completely different audience. Yep. That's where the pivot happens. So for me, I only do things that inspire me. Okay. So once Rockefeller wasn't inspiring me, I divested. I invested into Rachel Roy. Once that wasn't, well, I wanted to get her where she needed to go. Yeah. And then I was able to invest in myself. I've been spending with our family business about two or three million dollars a year and haven't made that money back yet. And people will say that's broke. But I'm still spending $2 million a year. A year. So, right. But that's for someone that's not an entrepreneur. And exactly. of course, that's when the newspaper exactly. is going to be able to say. Mm-hmm. So the bottom line is, because I'm not getting money with a company I sold already, mm-hmm. that and I haven't made any money in a while, it don't mean that you aren't making money. It just means you're investing in something and it takes a couple of years to make it. Right. But the test is if your ego can stand that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I already knew because when I started to invest in, because maybe you don't know, I, I started to open up art galleries all around the world because I wanted us to be as a culture a little more sophisticated, yeah. a little more into the art. And then it happened. Yep. That was DD-172. And everything that I've done, I've never raised a dollar. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing, but not everybody has the tolerance to go to 70 people and get a, a 69 no's and right. one yes. I, I just can't do it yeah. because I care about my craft too much. And then also, I'm really not a businessman. I'm a creative that has to protect his business. Like, you could be a creative, but on a responsible level, sometimes, you know, your right side has to work, and you have to make your left side work, work even if you don't like it. So the reason why people don't know how much ads they're getting, because no one told them to ask. Yeah. There's no turnkey. Like, if you're not in the media business, you're not going to know what questions to ask. Correct. So that's the way YouTube takes advantage of people that have never been in the business. There is no school for this. It just started. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to pay attention. So I guess what I'm saying is, in order to start a business and be successful, there has to be a period of time where you're just investing. Yeah. And there is going to be a period of time where you're going to have so much demand for your goods and not enough money to buy it that that could put you out of business. And if you got $80,000 worth of bills and you pay 60 and you short 20, you're going to feel broke that month. Mm-hmm. But you're not broke. You made 60 racks. Mm-hmm. That's my life. Mm-hmm. So my problem is my dreams are too big and I don't have any fear of bills. Yeah. So I have a lot of them. No matter how much money I'm making, I know I'm going to get that money this year, this month. Get it back. And I'm going to hire, like, yo, either buy a, a camera or pay this bill on time. I'm buying a camera. I'm going to make some money. I'll pay the bill late. Fuck credit. Yeah. I'm not scared of the things that they make us scared of. Why should I be scared of credit if I'm going to make cash? Mm-hmm. 
I'll make credit. I'll buy a house for cash and then I'll borrow against it. Now there I got go. credit. Yeah, exactly. You could make credit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so silly to be scared of things that, you know, it's just people are afraid of that period of time when they don't have. Correct. Boogeyman don't exist. But it, exactly. As long as you're breathing and living and you're not in jail and you're not sick, you can handle it. Yeah. It's all right to pay a bill late to fight for your dream. <laughs> the only person that uses only people that ever worry about my money are the people that I, I'm spending it on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah. be the ones that be worried about my I'm never worried about how much money I got in the bank. I'm gonna always be fresh. Yeah. I'm gonna always have enough cars and places to live. Yeah. But I might not be able to give anybody like sometimes people come to me, oh, cause I need to hold something. I'm I'm not broke. I just got bill money. Yeah. I got a hundred thousands in bills. If I pay ninety nine, I'm a thousand if I give you a thousand dollars, I'm a thousand short. Now I'm broke. Yeah. I'm not going to be broke to help you. That's an oxymoron. Yeah. And the only way I can help somebody is if I'm only completely helped. So I don't believe in paying other people's bills before I pay my own out of generosity. And I'm out here fighting and you not. Yeah. I'm not fighting more for your life than I'm fighting for mine. Yeah. And people are so entitled to think that, yo, I haven't put a record out or got a gold record since 2005. And it's 2025, and people still are entitled and think that I'm just so rich, <laughs> or I'm the only time that I'm broke is in the newspaper, yeah. and I'm always rich in court. Yeah, I, it should be bugging me out. I get in front of a judge, they be like, "Yo, you," I'm like, "Yo, y'all judging child support over the best year of my life 20 years ago <laughs> with a recession." And, and a pandemic, I can't have a bad year. Yeah. Why? Because I'm black. Yeah, exactly. But that's the funny shit. Like when you're an artist, they think you're rich forever. Yeah, and is. you're not. That's the brokest <laughs> you ever are because you're investing in your heart. Yeah. Every time you drop a company, I don't mean that you made money. That means you dropped a lot of money till it turns over. Uh -huh. So you have to be prepared to lose before you gain if you're an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur is like a boxer. Sometimes you got to get punched to punch. Yes, sir. And any business that turns over in one day is not going to last. Yeah. That's a Ponzi scheme or a con artist. Yes, yeah. It does not exist. Mm -hmm. You have to build a brand and be consistent for somebody to buy your stuff over somebody else's. And people don't understand that. Yeah. Why would I buy a, a your product over like, you know, like, like my sneakers? Why, and why would you buy CEO sneakers over Nike? Because you have a mentality of a CEO and look better than Nike. Mm, yeah. And my well sport said. is getting money and I've been doing it for 20, 30 years straight. Yeah, well so I, there's my heritage. Yeah. I have DNA, but it's not from talking about shit. It's from doing from it. From doing it. Real Actually. generals come back with scar, scars from war. A, a, a general too pretty never fought. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yo, if y'all don't understand what my man's saying, go back and rewind so you can listen again two, three times. Dame, I appreciate you for being here. Real talk. DJ, I appreciate you for being here as well. Absolutely. It's Claudia, I appreciate you for being here as well. American New, we, 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 we here. We're doing the broadcast live, and, and usually when I broadcast live with somebody, that means we're going to do some future business. Yeah, So yeah. Hey, appreciate you, brother. All right. I'm going to do it. Real. Hey, listen, check this out. <laughs> it's going to be this episode and more every Wednesday. That's ERR at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you don't rock with this episode, you don't rock with me neither. Live on American New. <laughs> <laughs> Lifestyle. Peace. Money, money, peace of mind. Diverse city. Go entrepreneur.